Welcome to the Broadcast Exchange, a new interview series from Newscast Studio, the trade publication for broadcast production. This week we chat with J.P. Lamonico of CBS Sports, which is fresh off of Super Bowl 55. J.P. heads the network's graphic and design team, and in our conversation we discuss how the design for the Super Bowl came together along with the augmented reality that was used. As well, we talk about the fresh design you'll be seeing on CBS Sports later this year and the NCAA tournament. We're talking today about the Super Bowl and the overall new direction that CBS Sports is heading with its on-air look. So talk a little bit about what all's going on at CBS Sports. Lots is happening at uh, CBS Sports. As you know, we just did the Super Bowl last Sunday, and um, that was a culmination of a year's worth of work, just thought and planning and a little bit of juggling along the way. So in a normal Super Bowl year, from the day the previous Super Bowl ends, we Everybody huddles together and, and the planning begins and it's fairly normal. It's, you know, usually there's either a major upgrade to our graphics at that point or sometimes a redesign. In 2016, we did a massive overhaul rebrand of the division. And then at 53, which was uh, three years later, we just kind of did an upgrade. We massaged the look. For 55, we assumed we'd be doing a rebrand or our own sort of bigger redesign. And then along the way, Mike Benson and CBS Network informed us that they were going to do this overall rebrand of the entirety of CBS, which A, was amazing because no one's ever really done that before. CBS has always sort of had autonomous islands of, of design across its divisions. So the idea of this scope of project was awesome to me, but then also started to drive our thinking for the Super Bowl. Our focus for the redesign or the rebrand at the Super Bowl was now heavily influenced by the bigger rebrand. We were sort of a rebrand within a rebrand at that point. And it was great. You know, we had sort of parallel conversations with CBS Network and what we were doing with the division while internally sort of crafting our own personality within that design. And then obviously trying to elevate everything because it's the Super Bowl, because a hundred million people will be watching and and you've got to put on you know your best outfit that day. So that's what we did. And I think the way it came out and the way all these sort of random ingredients coming together and us kind of like molding them into a singular look was really successful. And I think that was evidenced on air this past Sunday. So kind of deconstructing it and going back first to that 10,000 foot view, talk a little bit about the overall process that CBS Sports is doing to kind of integrate the new CBS brand mandate into the overall look, you know, beyond just, you know, obviously there's the new logos that have hit CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports HQ, how we're going to keep seeing that filtering down and then kind of talk about a little bit about the insert graphics and kind of what all's next. So yeah, really, really good question because CBS Sports, that rebrand that I sort of touched on in 2016, was a really pointed rebrand. It was very strongly formatted, and we lived by that format rather religiously for five years, something that we sort of mandated throughout the division, throughout the company, and we stayed true to it. So by the time this rebrand was introduced to us, a brand takes a long time to build, right? So we felt like we were hitting a really good stride, and we were strong in all aspects and then sort of like this hey guys by the way we're gonna throw all that out and we're gonna we're gonna do something new it was tough to sort of swallow at first and, and it was a little bit of a bitter pill and then when we saw that a we were welcomed and involved in the process as a group that was really great and then when we saw the 
sensibilities and the, the path that Mike and his team wanted to go down, it wasn't a far reach from where we were. We had a pretty structured, simple, elegant, sophisticated kind of approach to our graphics. And they were embracing those same sensibilities, albeit a little bit different for us, but we were already there in the mindset at least. So that was a big plus for us. Obviously, we see the logo system across everybody. And uh, for us, it was basically removing a box. I mean, other than that, it's pretty much a very similar styled logo system, very similar font. To that point, the unification of a font across all divisions was, I mean, it seems like such a small thing, but it's massive. You just recognize instantly, right? There's instant recognition of, oh, that's a CBS thing now. Knowing that we could sort of move along that same path with them and we kind of knew a lot of the answers that, that were in front of us because we had already been through it was really good. And then the design style that they introduced, that was a little bit tougher for us. Uh, we had gone from a very sort of circular motif in our look prior to 2016 to kind of throwing it out. We went full linear boxes, rectangles, 3D extruded shapes. And the design style now is what we call elemental, meaning it's the elements of the eye drive the design which we all know the eye is a big circle so we were for us it was like it was a little bit of a like oh here we go we're just taking a huge step back and going back to where we came from all the kudos to my team and and the people we worked with on this i kind of grouped a small huddle together at the beginning of this and said hey listen we really don't want to go back to circles i mean i get it we have to at some point but i want you guys to take a look at the eye and find out how to not make it into big circles all over again. So, you know, they all looked at me like I was nuts. And then they kind of went away and thought about it for a little while. So and I think what we came back with was a nice balance. I mean, we can't obviously avoid the circles, but I think we took an interesting perspective on how we portray them on the screen. So that's a little bit of a deconstruction of what the method was. So for like the Masters, which is coming up uh, this spring in the NCAA tournament, how much of what we saw at the Super Bowl will translate into those insert graphics, obviously minus the sand and the uh, the beach <laughs> inspiration? Right. That's a super interesting question. And it's a little bit of insight into CBS Sports as a whole and kind of what who we are on a yearly basis as we go through our season. So those two properties you just mentioned, the tournament and then the Masters, they're sort of outside of the umbrella of the brand look. They're very significant properties. One being that with March Madness and and the tournament, we are partnered up with Turner and it's a joint venture from that perspective so that it's not just a CBS property. So there is a unique look that is solely the tournaments. However, there was a, a brand new launch of a graphics look that we worked on for the previous year leading up to just ahead of the COVID pandemic that never saw the light of day last year. We never got to, uh, sort of pull the trigger on that. So we got a new launch this year, but we called the NCAA training facility, the concrete walls and dark hallways. We brightened it up a ton and it's a super fan centric. We tried to capture the energy of the tournament. And I think you'll see that when that package launches this year. And then we go to the masters and the masters is unto itself. It is its own entity. It doesn't belong with our PGA tour golf events It doesn't even belong in with the PGA championship. It is a standalone. So that again will not change. It will be the same package that we launched two years ago when Tiger won. So those two things will be as they are or their own thing. 
And then actually to the point I think you're trying to make here, we are going to be in our current package, which was the pre-Super Bowl package design-wise, until we get to our first big event in August. So we're taking the off-season for us, the quote-unquote off-season, which is post-Masters. Everybody's, you know, nose to the grindstone. We're going to gather together and change over the entirety of our look, which includes all studio shows, all events, all regular season packages, whether they're, they're remote or in, in studio. So there's a lot of work ahead of us, but the Super Bowl was definitely a great peek at where we're going to land. CBS Sports HQ has already kind of updated a lot of their look, at least to kind of give them some taste of maybe the new direction as well. Yeah. So Como Buchenwala is uh, our art director and she and I work very closely with the HQ guys. Yeah, we were luckily to be a, a good part of that conversation and they were happy to sort of follow our lead and, and take our advice on things. So we kind of hustled with them and and got this launch with them the week prior to Super Bowl. So I think there's still more to come to with that, you know, a little bit of a work in progress. It's a fluid situation over there, but yeah, they got to a really strong foothold of where they're going to be just like we did with Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just got off another conversation and, you know, the phrase of the year right now is rapid iteration. I think all broadcasters, whether it's their looks, whether it's technology stacks, everyone is unafraid to try new things and to rapidly change them if it's not working. You know, we've seen that at the national newscast. We've seen that on the cable networks. It's just everyone is a lot more willing to do that than maybe they were 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to technology, right? I mean, we have the ability. And again, when we speak as, as a graphics department, it's like, we don't want people to think that way because we can do it. Doesn't mean we should do it, but yeah, I think the technology allows you to pivot and definitely upgrade and change some things in a quick way. But however, I don't recommend that. What we hope is that, that we're in front of things and then we're being thoughtful and kind of putting a a strong design together with reason and meaning. And it's not just eye candy on the screen. There's definitely some logic underneath. I say, usually in the graphics world, when you have to rapidly iterate, it's because a few too many fans are saying something on social media. 100%. 100%. Uh, Like like we saw with uh, Monday Night Football. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it out loud myself, but I was honestly amazed watching that night and just seeing the flurry. I mean, it was nuts. And then to see the change on air, at the second half, I was like, this is a bad precedent in my mind. I talked with someone at ESPN a couple of weeks ago as well. And they were talking about how when they designed the new college football look that they had to focus group the score bug and they had to go through the extra levels just yeah. to make sure that that same kind of thing didn't happen again. And then, you know, with you all in the Super Bowl, you know, the score bug, yeah. it still captured some of the old, but it was still very fluid, very clean, very readable compared to some of the other ones out there that are yeah. a little showy compared to maybe their intended audience. So a handful of things, I mean, about we and knowing us knowing kind of going in, right. That, that is it. The, we could design the greatest opens and the nicest AR, but if the score bug doesn't fly, which, you know, we affectionately call the I bar in CBS, yep. But yeah, if that doesn't fly, then all our heads are on a plate, right? So so there's a lot of thought that goes into that and a lot of pressure testing. I try not to look at any social media, but the few things that people shared with me, I was happy to see that people appreciated the change. There were a couple of really great things that went into that. One being that we didn't stray too far from the design, as you mentioned. We have something that works. We have a configuration that is solid and makes sense. So we didn't want to leave that. What we did do is remove 
we removed a little extra framing, right? We took the borders off. We took dividers out. We just further simplified, right? And just a little bit of less is more when it came to the I-bar. The other thing that was a benefit to us and to go two steps back to the global rebrand of CBS, TT Norms, the font that, that we've adopted as a group is just an amazing typeface for that usage. I thought in, in and it's from, from the foundry uh, true type. Yep, exactly. And it, in there. It, although we kept the eye bar exactly the same size, and I, I thought there were some interesting reactions that people thought we made it much bigger. It is literally the exact same footprint as the previous one with a little less busyness. So I think it appears bigger, but also that font, that font can read at probably at three quarters of its size, right? And still feel present on the screen. So there's some flexibility there, I think that we can think about. But yeah, I thought the eye bar was incredibly successful and looked really, really sharp on the screen. Yeah, I mean, and not to bounce it around, but to talk about that flexibility and the scaling for the PGA Tour, you know, you introduced the new on-screen ticker or score box, yeah. the always present. That is at a very small size compared to, say, uh, the I-bar on football, but it's still right. very legible. And there's, to me, there's a balance to that, right? Especially with what we did, we call that the constant leaderboard that now lives above the bug. And and it's interesting. If, if you're a golf fan, I'm a huge golf fan. I was a golf fan before I worked in sports, but... If you're a golf fan, knowing that information, although it seems sort of like, oh, well, you'll get that when you go to break or whatever, and they show a leaderboard, knowing that sort of one you're watching is super relevant to what you're seeing, right? And what you're sort of rooting for, rooting against or whatever, depending on who, who your guy is. But the balance of that constant leaderboard is that it is a very light and sort of unobtrusive design, but mm-hmm. it's, it's time on the screen gives it weight. Right. So it's like you don't need to design something big because you're going to have all day to sort of absorb it. And then you'll find that eventually, because of the way it's designed, you kind of take it or leave it. It doesn't intrude on on you watching the event. So, again, another huge success is launching golf this year was almost like a a pre Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, we're super happy with with what the results of, of that launch in San Diego did for us. And pivoting back to the Super Bowl, you know, so you all incorporated a lot of AR this year. You know, obviously the Super Bowl is when any broadcaster kind of brings out some new techniques, some new toys. They glam it up because it is the world stage. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your unique AR opening sequence you had with the motion capture and, and what all that entailed. So what we try and do is, and I think the NFL does this as well, is like wherever the city is, whatever the, the sort of flavor of that Super Bowl is based on its location. The NFL develops a style guide. And this year, we really loved sort of their their motto or their sort of mantra for the Super Bowl, which was, uh, it was uh, sea, sand, and siege. That was sort of the approach. It was a very colorful, very dramatic approach to sort of that buccaneer pirate motif of, that Tampa Bay gives off. So right away, brainstorming, we did an AR open at 53. So we wanted to keep the momentum, keep working in that space. We started dreaming up like right away, the particles all come into your head and you're like, how am I going to use these? What am I going to do? And so we worked with a company called Silver Spoon that I think you're familiar with. They did the virtual fans for baseball. We had worked with them previously on some projects for motion capture. Great team. So we brought Silver Spoon in to be our partners with the AR using a Pixitope system and and then also partnering up with NCAM and SMT to do the tracking. But Lots of work there, tons of discussion. 
obviously it's an incredibly technical venture to go down that path. And for something that's, you know, 10 seconds or 15 seconds on the screen, there's about 30 people behind the scenes, all sort of choreographed and making that happen. The undertaking of that was, it paid off, maybe the most exciting part of the day for us. And it's also our first sort of leap, no pun intended, right out of the beginning of the game. But yeah, our Sandman and our cannons fired off the uh, pirate ship in Tampa Stadium. All that was really, really fun. And uh, what a great way to introduce a little bit of high-end technology. The Unreal Engine driving those graphics was the only way that we could have accomplished that. Nothing else has that kind of power in a real-time type environment. You know, Just so we're all clear, because sometimes it's hard to tell because everybody's so good at their job. The Skycam operator, the tracking, everything's so good. You know, you're not really sure if it's live, but that was 100% roll Skycam and let's go. And that that graphic was executed live on the air, as were all the other ones that you saw throughout the day. But yeah, it's very exciting to do. Now, you brought up earlier the point that CBS has been in a privileged position to have two Super Bowls so close together due to some scheduling maneuvers on NBC yeah. and CBS's part. Did that add any pressure? Did that change things since you all were just the Super Bowl host broadcaster a few years back and now you have to kind of iterate very quickly? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because of those shifts and changes. For those who haven't done a Super Bowl, when you are done that with that one year sort of labor of love of, of getting that on the air. You're happy there's a three-year break before you're doing it again. <laughs> so we did this in two years, and which is effectively one year off and then a year of working again on that, that next Super Bowl. It was definitely a scramble. Not a lot of downtime, not a lot of time to think. For us, it's constant moving parts. We operate on a weekly basis throughout the year, putting on huge events. So there's a little bit of a scramble, but we were excited. You know, it's always great to have that massive event on your air. Then COVID got introduced. <laughs> and then we had question marks all over the place. We didn't know what that Super Bowl would look like. We knew it wasn't going to be traditional or normal in any sense of the word, but uh, that just, you know, slowed plans down because there was a lot of like, we're not sure, we're kind of waiting and seeing, you know, we don't know what we're waiting and seeing about, but we were waiting and seeing like in the early part of the year to kind of get a feel for what we'd be working with. And then once we were a go, you know, we assembled a really great team. That's one thing I just want to talk about real quick is just we as an internal department took a very different approach to how we got this done. The people involved were from all different walks of life. Normally, you know, you kind of go, you hire a big third-party company, they kind of take the reins on that and you work with them and collaborate but it's basically, it's a singular sort of outlet for what you're doing. And again, I, I mentioned Como earlier and, and, and then my internal team, uh, Drew Simon, Tara Kafer, Peter Rizzo, Mark Francesco for our insert design. We each kind of like powwowed and, and we found some, some smaller groups that we like. We hired a freelance artist uh, named Marcos Vaz, who's got a history in this industry of just a reputation of doing the greatest work. And I've been a fan since forever. So we reached out to see if he had any availability. And you know, earlier, he was the one I kind of said, hey, here's this eyeball. Can you like turn it into straight lines? <laughs> and he took that challenge. He came back with some style frames that really drove the entirety of this package. Real home run, just really beautiful work. And wasn't surprised even a little bit with what he came back with. He's so talented. You know, we worked with Marcos throughout the package and, and a company named Too Fresh out in L.A., 
And so they were one group. And then we had Northern Lights in the city, another design house working on some other pieces. And then Academy of Lower Thirds helping us out with some of the inserts. So it was a real sort of potpourri of like, of people you know, working on sort of lanes and sections of the Super Bowl. And that was kind of driven, what I really was proud of was driven by my internal team. So for maybe the first time ever, it was like really an internal job with, with outside help versus like an outside job where we just kind of mm-hmm. put some things in. The collaboration at that level was was amazing. The process for as tight as the calendar schedule was, I felt never felt uncomfortable. The ideas were all coming quick. There's a lot to make, but people buckled down and got it done. And it was a job of passion for a lot of them. And it showed, I think. In terms of what to look for for the year ahead, what would you say would be the, the biggest trends we should be watching for on CBS Sports? For the year ahead, we'll look to August, right? And uh, our first new telecast of this package. And again, I think the Super Bowl was a, a microcosm of the bigger package, mm-hmm. but there's still so many things to figure out that we will be doing in the off season, things we may add, things we have to explore. There are elements of this design that work great for football, but we still have to explore what does it mean for basketball. And then uh, just another huge calendar moment for us this year is we're going to launch SRX Auto Racing in uh, July, which we need to start on. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's going to be heavily informed by, by what we did last weekend it's 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 a part of the family now i'm excited to work on it i just think you know the opportunities with auto racing and in graphics i think the sky's the limit on that we can we can have fun all day with uh you know new technology ar and graphics and just data-driven graphics and things like that so there's a lot of stories to tell there yeah, I mean, what Tony Stewart and his, and his team are doing with bringing data into the sport. I used to actually work in NASCAR as a photographer and know a lot of these guys. And, you know, what they've been able to do in such a short time frame. Yeah. And then to add the data layer on top of it. Yeah. You know, it's going to hopefully make for a, a different type of telecast than just the standard cars around a track. Here's a little ticker you know, type presentation. I, yeah. And I don't, I, you know, I'm no auto racing guy, but I've had a lot of conversations with our producer for that, Pam Miller, and, and she obviously is like, you know, lives and breathes auto racing. And just the few conversations I had, I'm like super excited to be involved in this. But you're right. It's uh, what they've done, you know, the shortened timeframes, the the immediacy of the races, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that you really have to kind of commit to. The fact that prime time and their Saturdays and summer, like there's just so many good points about this that it's exciting. They're building their own cars. So it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of cool things, I think, around the corner for that. So, yeah, I can't wait to jump in on that. Well, on that note, thanks for taking some time to chat with us today. And we'll look forward to seeing more of the new CBS Sports graphics as they roll out. I appreciate it, Dak. Thank you for reaching out and talking to me about this. Uh, just really proud of what the team's done.